Welcome to the Batman Tasticast, celebrating the 30th anniversary of the greatest animated television series of all time, Batman the Animated Series. Our podcast offers a deep dive into each episode and a full series retrospective from two nerds who really like Batman. Seated across from me, he is the blue-colored Gatorade. See what I did there? Gatorade. I see that. Mike Staub. And across the table from me, he's a good cop who's gotten a bad rap, Mr. Jordan Hugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how yeah. you doing over there? I love Bullock. Yeah, Bullock, Bullock is a character that uh, I've, I've grown to like more and more as the series has gone on. Yeah, I think we liked him right away. Yeah, you like him right away. I like what you what I like about him right away is that like he's unabashedly just some paisan. Yes, the Bob Costanza voice acting performance yeah. is just great. And also he well, actually, I guess this is the episode that makes that a little complicated. Yeah. He seems like a very surface character and all the things that are on his surface I kind of like. Yeah. Even the stuff that is abrasive. Like yeah. the fact that he doesn't really like Batman. Yeah, well, like is I get more it. funny than it is menacing. Yeah. yeah, you know, I don't know. I just I like him. This is the episode that really hits home the idea that even though Batman and Bullock have different ways of going about it, these are both good guys. Yeah, and, and we'll and, talk about that line in this episode, which is really good. Yeah, and Bullock is is seemingly a a good cop, even yeah. though most of the show so far has shown him as either being. Not the brightest bulb. Well, and, or... and in POV, he's really kind of shitty. Because well, he lies about a lot of stuff. Uh, correct. But again, he's still trying to do the right thing. Yeah. Um, it's not that he's um, deceptive for a bad reason. No, no. He's just trying to essentially um, pretty much inflate what he had done right. uh, at the scene of the crime where he's kind of lying about his involvement to a degree and um, he's not being the most honest. But in the, in the end, Harvey Bullock is a cop who's... Not well. I don't know if he's necessarily bad at his job. It seems like he might have been better at his job when mm-hmm. he was younger. Okay. And something like Vendetta is an episode where he's getting back that old glory, where he's kind of he's okay. It's like, oh yeah, this was the guy you always were. Right. You know what I mean? And uh, it's actually kind of an upsetting episode for Bullock. You know, it is. And his connection to uh, a new villain, right? Yeah. In Killer Croc. Yeah, for sure. Um, we kind of ran ahead of ourselves, but that's that's great. Oh, clearly, sorry. Clearly, My no, bad. No, I, I did it as well. I, I Clearly, we were very passionate about this episode. Today, we're discussing uh, Season 1, Episode 23, Vendetta. Uh, this is an episode directed by Frank Power and written by Michael Reeves. If you were watching it in broadcast order or HBO Max order, this is broadcast order number 21. So, so it, uh, the it, spread yeah. from 23 to 21, uh, clearly they liked this episode. It's, it's basically, as soon as they have it, it they pushed, airs. Yeah, they pushed it up. Um, yeah, so let's just talk about uh, maybe some initial thoughts on this episode. Clearly, we both like Bullock a lot. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Killer Croc? Um, I like Killer Croc a lot. Yeah. Actually... Just in general or in this series? I, you know, I don't think I like Killer Croc in general. Okay. I think Killer Croc, you know, uh, I think he's kind of... There's aspects of his character that are just boring, right? Because he's just like, all right, he's like, yes, he's a crocodile man that lives in the sewers. You think that wouldn't be boring. But you don't. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's he does often seem like he's just a beat stick for Batman to fight. Yes. This episode, and there's a few of those villains. Yes, there are a few. And this episode does some interesting stuff with him. He's got an interesting backstory. He's got the whole pro wrestler thing, the freak show yeah. thing. So I like that about Killer Croc. But a lot of times the way he's utilized is like, all right, well, I guess Batman's got to fight. 
this crocodile man, you know, uh, for when Batman needs a physical adversary, uh, his his analog or his counterpart, right, in uh, in Spider Man is the lizard, right? right? Lizard's a better character. Lizard's a better character because yeah. Kurt Connors is a mentor to Peter Parker. He's got a family, so I think growing up, um, so first and foremost, the lizard, uh, the thirtieth anniversary of i think it was the 30th anniversary of spider-man amazing spider-man 30th anniversary holographic cover silver cover um was one of the first comic books I ever bought for myself is that the 91 i believe it's 92 92 92 yeah 92 so they did a 30th anniversary issue for each each for each, each of the four spider each of the titles, four yeah. spider-man books at that time and and the amazing spider-man one which is the one i had the f- i think the first comic book i ever bought was that one with the holographic cover. I got it at, I think, the Asylum in Hicksville, New York, which is really local for you guys out there. Um, <laughs> really local. There's a guy listening in like Iran I right remember, now. Yeah. Like, I don't know where that is. I don't know where that is. Where's Hicksville? Um, and in that comic book, Spider-Man fights the lizard. So lizard has always been one of my favorite villains because as a kid, it was like the first Spider-Man villain that I was really introduced to. Right. So um, there is... So Croc reminds you of him. Croc reminds me of Lizard a lot, and I like that about him a lot of the time. Sometimes it's a little boring, just like sometimes the Lizard is really boring. Like when the Lizard is just a mindless monster um, that Spider-Man has to... Well, that's different. That's different. I I think Torment with the Lizard is actually excellent. I think it's my favorite Lizard book. Yeah, it's probably the best Lizard book. But like... um, Killer Croc does some really cool stuff. He's really great in the game, too. Arkham Asylum, he's awesome in that game. Okay. Um, And... I love him in the animated series. I think he's got a lot more depth than, say, uh, most of the other things that use Killer Croc, especially the first Suicide Squad movie where Killer Croc is terrible. Yeah, I don't know what they were doing with that, with that one. Yeah. Um, Croc, I, I agree with you. Croc is part of a class of Batman villains that would also include Bane, Clayface, yeah. Solomon Grundy, yeah. a Blockbuster occasionally. These are um, villains who are a big physical threat. Yeah that don't always have a lot going on upstairs. Yeah. Obviously, there are exceptions, and, and Bane is certainly capable of being a mastermind. But a lot of these folks are actually much better when they're paired up with somebody. Yeah, yeah. Like Killer Croc is like the henchman for someone else. Yeah, but we actually have not yet had a team-up episode. No, not between two in, villains. In our, yeah, in our first you know, 23 episodes thus far. We've seen episodes that have multiple villains, but not really working together. No. Uh, so there's no coordinated efforts yet. We'll see that a little bit later in the yeah. series. Yeah. Um, and those are really cool. But I, I look forward to that. I think this is a good showing for Killer Croc. Yes. It's a great intro yes. episode. And I want to bring up, they don't really change too much from the comics. They change his appearance. Yeah. So there's this idea of the gray croc versus green croc. Traditional killer croc unto even now is green. He's got yeah. green scales. Yeah. He even has more of a crocodile-shaped face. Yeah. Um, and in the series, they go more more human. Yeah. Right? He looks like a man who, uh, you know, he has, he has some kind of, like, skin affliction. He has superpowers, obviously. Uh, but it's... I don't want to say more realistic looking, but he looks less like a crocodile, more like a man. Yeah, he looks like a crocodile man. Right. They they kind of lean more on the carnival freak thing. Yes. They lean more on the idea that if you saw this guy in the wrestling ring, it'd be like, wow, that guy looks fucked up. Not like this man's a crocodile. Call the police. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. And uh, I actually, you know, I, I like that the episode 
one gives him versatility and depth and doesn't show him that much. Like it's like we're building up to the monster. It's the monster movie, right? right? We're building up to what this thing is. So I find that uh, really great about the usage of Killer Croc. You know, pretty much across the board, uh, aside from maybe a very, very select few, uh, I feel like the pretty much all the villains in the show, they utilize them as best they can. Yeah, for sure. Well, actually, this episode, you hit it right on the head. They hide Killer Croc for yeah. more than half the episode. Yeah. You see little pieces of him here and there, a hand here, the shape of a head. You know, but they don't actually reveal him until I think it's like 12 or 13 minutes into the episode, which is more than halfway. Yeah. Um, I did a little research just now on my Wh- phone device. What? Um, the lizard predates Killer Croc by like about 20 tw- years. Yeah, 20 years. Lizard, I think... Lizard is, is from 63. He's from 63. I, I want to say he's from Amazing Spider-Man, like number six or eight. You hit it exactly. It's number six. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Killer Croc doesn't come around until Batman number 357 in 1983. Yeah. And I was actually just commenting myself to myself. I was like, oh, you know, Croc does not really seem like an 80s... No. comic book character and I think they were just like well what doesn't Batman have yet oh he needs a big reptile yeah he needs a big alligator so, crocodile man I guess they just they pulled him in well if you think about it too it's um he's definitely a silver age character yeah like that kind of thing you know is a silver age character like you think of the 80s you think of he's like, a little late in the game for that yeah, though, you know what yeah, I mean yeah 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 oh absolutely he's definitely well into I guess would be the bronze or the modern age uh, by 83 and when you think of like 80s Batman stories you think of like I don't know uh, Dark Knight Returns you think of Batman Year One I guess which would come along a little later so like Killer Croc it feels like he's maybe the last bastion of that kind of silver age uh, character, you yeah. Know, before we got grittier, darker, angrier Batman stories, right? You know what's kind of funny about Vendetta in terms of Killer Croc? This is about the smartest we ever get to see Killer Croc. Yes, he comes up with this scheme himself. Yes, you know he doesn't succeed. He will but... show you the meaning of the Vendetta. <laughs> okay, there you go. Thank you, <laughs> Chingretta. Um, Croc comes up with this scheme himself. He doesn't succeed at this scheme, but he does mastermind it himself. In other episodes, he is dumber. Yes. And, of course, he's dumbest of all when he's doing Almost Got Him, but in yeah. Almost Got Him, he's Batman. Yeah. So, yeah. it's okay. Or yeah. he's, I should say, mostly Batman. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think we could probably just get into the episode. There's Let's a, do it. a little bit of IMDb trivia I just want to make sure I hit ahead of time. So, I just want to say that um, we have... Um, in this one, that originally Killer Croc's first story was going to be his origin story. Now, this is technically an intro. It's not an origin. Yeah. We don't see Killer Croc become Killer Croc in this episode. Which I'm fine with. Um, And they were going to reimagine him as an animal trader who was bitten by a lizard, <laughs> giving him a disease that mutates him into Killer Croc, who then plans to create an army of reptiles in the sewers oh. to terrorize Gotham. Oh, okay. And the story was scrapped because it seems too far-fetched. So then then uh, Sony used it in The Amazing Spider-Man. Right. I, I, <laughs> I was going to say, too far-fetched for Gotham, not too far-fetched for Spider-Man's New York. <laughs> This would be right at home in a Spider-Man thing. You could be greater. I love how in Far From Home, I'm sorry, not Far From Home, No Way Home, no way home. the right. lizard spends most of the movie trying to convince the rest of the villains to change themselves into reptiles. Right. Yeah. I, I, he's played for a laugh, and it's pretty good. It's great. Um, just a couple little extras here. Spider Conway, uh, the name Spider Conway, probably refers to Jerry Conway, yeah. um, who also wrote... Um, uh, Batman for a time, perhaps explaining the animator character's uh, first name. Um, and then also we have um, a moment in this episode where Batman is going through the files at GCPD headquarters. He's looking for Bullock's file. We come across the names uh, J. Barr, 
uh, as in James, perhaps, Obar, who is the creator of The Crow. Yeah. And then he also passes N. Bates, or uh, or N. Bates, I think, which could be a reference to Norman Bates from yeah. Psycho. Yeah. Just little things I didn't hey, think I would remember. Number one movie of all time, as per Variety. Yeah, Variety came out with a list today that said Psycho is the greatest movie of all time. I think it's in the 100. I wouldn't put it at number one. That's pretty wild. That's for a different podcast, but I agree. I agree. Okay. <laughs> There right. was a Batman movie in the list, though. There was. A, the Dark Knight. The Dark Knight made the list. Which was, I think, the only Chris Nolan film on the list. Yeah, which is weird, right? Also... I have to double check. I might be wrong about that. That that shouldn't be the case, but I, I, that, I, it was the only one I noticed from Chris Nolan. I feel like Nolan. it's the only superhero movie on the list, too. I but, think that's right. Which is I think also that's right. probably... Well, whatever. We're not going to get into All right, it. All right. Well, we've been sidetracked. Yes. All right. Uh, back to the episode. Okay. Here we go. Season one, episode 23, Vendetta. Vendetta. We get our uh, theme song and our title card. This is an all-timer title card for me. I think this is awesome. We get kind of the shadowy form of Killer Croc looming over this modernistic lettering, saying Vendetta. His yellow eyes are faintly glowing, and his skin deformity is evident in the moonlight, which is spilling in from just to the right of the frame. It's awesome. It's really good. Uh, We see this episode's directed by Frank Power and written by Michael Reeves. In our opening scene, we get rain falling on Gotham City as we pan over the harbor to a police station on the water. So I guess this would be like where the harbor cops are based. Yeah. Uh, we have not seen this before. It's a no, new new location. No, no, no. It's on the, on the harbor. Helicopter flying overhead, searchlights, it's looking for something or someone in the water, on the water, we're not sure. We pick up a police boat that's heading in, and inside the boat, we have a terrified young man. Ugh. I think he's young. Poor guy. Uh, named Spider Conway. He's cuffed. Uh, they're bringing him in maybe for questioning or something. He's very, very nervous. The guards are trying to look out for him, trying to keep him calm, but he's saying, oh, just keep your eyes open. Something could still happen. Very twitchy. He's got very much like a like a snitch, like an yeah. old movie snitch yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of energy. Um, and that, that ends up being right. Yeah. He's definitely playing like sort of an archetypical character. Um, we get a fade to Gordon. He's drinking oh. a cup of coffee just miserably. <laughs> In the rain. Is there anything better than Gordon in the rain, just <laughs> miserable and drinking probably the worst cup of coffee? You right. Could he actually ends of. up dumping that coffee of out. Of course he does. Um, yeah, he's with Bullock and Montoya. Montoya is wearing that thing that cops wear when it's raining outside yeah. over her hat. Yeah. Which is funny. Made me think of Hot Fuzz. Yeah, hot Fuzz. Yeah. Um, I will say this much: Gordon is a character that I love, but he's definitely a character that shines the most when he's just over it. And he's oh, miserable. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, he's been... He's, you need him to be a little irritated, because yeah. he needs to have, like, big dad energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, irritated dad. Irritated dad. Oh, I've had enough of this it's shit. It's like that look he gives Harvey Bullock when he says they made the best cannolis. And he's just like... <laughs> right, all that... He looks at him. The priceless look. That priceless look. Um, yeah, Gordon actually thinks it's pretty funny that Conway is worrying, because apparently Conway has the sweetest deal of the century. He's going to corp- uh, cooperate with the crime commission hearings, and he's going to get 10 years off his sentence, <laughs> which... That sounds fucking terrifying oh, to yeah. me. Oh, yeah. That sounds nerve-wracking. It sounds like you're about to snitch on a lot of people, and they want you dead. Yeah. yeah. So that is the setup here. Um, Definitely a get bad a plan. Close-up on Bullock, and Bullock is now implying that Conway might be more nervous about someone finding him before he gets to talk. Maybe of course. Right. Yeah. But we're not expecting that to be a crocodile man. No, we're expecting a mobster. Right. But no, it is not a mobster at all, is it? Uh, no. <laughs> we go back to the police boat. We got this intense music. And this is a great shot. We see a yeah. hand emerging from the waves. And then the partially seen grayscaled form of Killer Croc clinging to the boat. And a guard gasp as gasps as he spots uh, a bomb. 
They're really smart in this scene and the next few subsequent Killer Croc scenes where they do not actually show you Killer Croc. They did this a little bit with Scarecrow previously, yep. Yep. where it's just kind of like, oh, what is this weird thing I'm looking at, right? Yeah. And then you see him pretty soon after. Croc, they're going to try to hide for almost the entire episode. Yeah, which is good. Yeah. Don't show the shark. We get uh, a really quick cut inside the cabin where Croc grabs Spider Conway. And again, we don't see his face. Just a massive hand. Much bigger than than your average hand. Yeah. It would be the it's a hand, big dude. It would be the size of a crocodile man. Yeah, about that. Which is a standard form of measurement. Yes. Crocodile man. Crocodile standard. man hands. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, then we look at our next shot through a set of high-tech binoculars. Bat oculars. Yeah, bat oculars. Bat oculars. We I love when Batman uses his uh, his toys. Yes. So this is through the binoculars. We see the guards uh, crying out abandoned ship. Uh, everyone jumps off before it explodes. So it looks like no one got hurt. Uh, we get a quick cut back to Batman, seeing it all go down, actually shielding himself from the blast because he's actually pretty close. He's like hiding behind some shipping crates or yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we get a quick cut to Gordon Bullock and Montoya. <laughs> and because Bullock... <laughs> I just said this. Yeah. You get Gordon with the cannoli look, being like, remind me to never think of you as a good luck charm, <laughs> he says to Bullock uh, in a very irascible way. It's so good. Uh, we get a quick shot of the crew swimming to the docks where they're helped back up by the cops. Uh, Gordon or uh, orders the area to be cordoned off, and Bullock is calling in for forensics. We get a great moment where we get a little suspicion thrown on Bullock because an officer tells Bullock that there's no sign of Conway anywhere, and curiously, Bullock smiles. Yeah. Before he flicks his toothpick. And you're like, what a hard expression to read. You don't know what's up with that as the viewer. Yeah. Um, he orders this guy to start dragging the bay. And we get a pan over to Batman, who's been listening in behind the shipping crates. And then he fucking takes off in this awesome bat boat little sequence here. I, I the love bat it. boat is really cool. The bat boat is great because it's part boat, part sub. Right. So we can, it's submersible. Right. We will see the sub later. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I just, it's so toyetic. Oh, it's so good. And like, it's the best of, like, what makes Batman's toys Batman's toys, you know? Right. It's funny how... Because they all have multifunction. Of course. And it's funny for such a serious... Like, Batman is serious to almost a comical degree... Absolutely. ...most of the time that he's got so many, like, toys. Like, right. all of his things operate as though he as though he's playing with toys. <laughs> right. It's like, yeah, I'm on a boat, but it also needs to be a sub, but it also <laughs> needs to fly. Mike, listen, he didn't have a childhood. I know, so he's living his child... Well, he also dresses up in his Halloween costume while you're around. So Let yeah. him, his parents were killed. Yeah, they were killed right. in an alleyway. We've seen it a lot. We get an exterior shot of Stonegate Penitentiary, which is the show's Blackgate yeah. prison. I don't right. know why they changed it, but whatever. I'm not sure either. Uh, we get a slow pan over the grounds. The storm is still going, obviously. And Batman stealthily mounts the docks where there's not really a patrol. And he begins moving through the shipyard there, and he finds Bullock's toothpick. Yeah. Uh, we get a quick cut to Gordon's office, uh, and Bullock is raging because Bullock is taking him off the case. Lightning flashes, thunder rumbles, the tension builds. Yeah. Um, Bullock is angry uh, that he's being taken off the case because it took quite an effort to get Conway out of Stonegate to testify against Rupert Thorne. Wow. All right, so we got Thorne in this episode. More again. thorny. More Thorne. And more lightning and more thunder. Gordon thinks Thorne was responsible for the bombing. Uh, Gordon can't let Bullock go after Thorne, or a lot of apparently ugly history is going to come up. And as the viewer, you're like, wait, what yeah, history? Yeah, what yeah. history is going on between yeah. Bullock and Conway and Thorne? What's going on here? 
Uh, Batman grapples away. We get a great shot of Batman's silhouette sort of backlit in stormlight against the window pane. Uh, and Gordon tells Bullock he has to relieve him or internal affairs will be all over him like a bad rash. Oh, it's never a good thing. Internal affairs are terrifying. It is. Is the bad rash a little side joke for Killer Croc? Probably. Because Killer, joke. Killer, Killer Croc is just pretty much a walking bad rash. He's like the human callus. <laughs> oh, oh that, that poor man. Um, <laughs> so Batman sneaks into police headquarters to obtain Bullock's file. Uh, and Bullock seems to have had the same idea. Because while Batman's in there, Bullock also goes into the room. Uh, he's looking for, I guess, his own file. And he sees it's gone. Yeah. Uh, he kind of gripes on ancient history. Yeah, right. So he knows something's up. Either Gordon took his file to review it, or Internal Affairs has it, or it's worse than that. Someone else took his file. Um, so not good. And Batman remains hidden as Bullock uh, leaves. Um, so, so far, as much as this is like, ooh, a cool Killer Croc episode, and this will be consistent through, this is much more noirish. Yeah. Much more yeah. like, oh, detective story, police drama type stuff. And that's a lot more of the episode than I think people remember about Vendetta. Because, yeah. again, the only thing we remember as kids is like, oh, it's a Killer Croc episode. But really, it's like a Bullock episode. Yeah. it's, it's Bullock and, and Batman. And, and they don't do a great job of, like, pa- painting Bullock as... as all right. Well, they do a great job at, at adding intrigue and mystery to it because this whole episode, you know, until very late in the episode, you assume that Bullock had something to do with all of this and that he's he's dirty. Right. Like that's at least the way it makes Well, that it is seem. the conclusion that Batman is coming yeah, to. So course. as the viewer, you're on his side. Yeah, of course. And, you know, it probably doesn't help that Batman and Bullock really don't see eye to eye on a lot of stuff. It doesn't help. Yeah. It doesn't help. Yeah. So I think, I think this episode is just as eye-opening for Batman as it is for the viewer. For sure. Um, we go over to Wayne Manor, Bruce's office, uh, and Alfred reads Bullock's file wherein he is accused of accepting graft, so bribes, yeah. from Thorne just two years prior. And the case was dropped for lack of evidence. Conway was working for Thorne at the time. Hmm. Mm. Bruce and Alfred walk down to the Batcave through the grandfather clock in Love Bruce's it. office, Love which it. is, I think, the coolest entrance. Yeah. Um, Alfred is skeptical regarding Bullock's involvement, but Bruce shows him the toothpick. Yeah. Now, they don't explain this, yeah. basically. He's right? the only man who's ever chewed a toothpick. <laughs> right. Only this man yeah. picks his It's kind of like when Batman goes and speaks to the criminals, asking them if they know who Red Claw is. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, boy. Please don't reference that episode. Sorry, I apologize. It's okay. Um, we cut to an underground cave and an expanse of dark water. Perhaps an underground river, a sea, something that produces both black and, and blue, blue mana. mana. Right. I was thinking yeah. the same thing, yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> Spider Conway kind of wakes up. He's holding up a lantern. He searches the darkness. Anybody here? And the water bubbles just before Killer Croc surfaces. No, not you. It can't be. Stay back. And Spider Conway screams. He's got a good scream. Yeah. But yet we are not shown this monster No, yet. we're not. We know that something's scary. Yeah, so they're still pulling that horror movie trick on us. Yeah, they're doing the, you know, it's it's a little Jaws, a little, you know, don't show the monster too much. It's Ed's suspense. Right. Um, Thorn, I, I kind of love Rupert Thorn. Yeah. So he's on a, in a rooftop garden like a greenhouse. He's pruning a plant. Yep. <laughs> he's like wearing like the gardener's outfit. Um, the lights suddenly flicker, a window shatters, and Batman confronts a very surprised Thorn. The storm is still going, so it's like... Uh, like kind of like great lighting in this scene. Um, uh, you'd better have the money to pay for that, uh, says Thorne. And Batman knocks the plant out of his hand. He begins interrogating him. 
And Thorn doesn't seem too worried. He says, oh yeah, I've, I have plenty of answers. 38 caliber answers. And yep. Thorn's men just burst in. Um, Batman uses Thorn as a human shield, and Thorn is a gigantic human shield, he's, because again, he's like 400 pounds. He's gigantic. Um, and Batman actually takes Thorn all the way up to the rooftop, eventually uh, jumping with him off the rooftop. Classic Batman. Batman did not learn... <laughs> <laughs> from past episodes like when you interrogate someone too hard they they pass out they pass out was that clayface part one yeah yes. yeah yeah where he where he i think it's germs no 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 it's no, the other it's one the other guy whatever his name yeah, is yeah the guy with the radio head Clay, right that's right clayface yeah. <laughs> that episode batman interrogates the man so hard he passes out yeah and then he drops and him then in he the gets pool. angry that the guy passed out he passed out oh, and then he drops him in a pool 200 feet from in the air right yes um. Yeah. So a Batman grapples them both to safety, but Thorn is now terrified. Uh, he claims that uh, he never had any issues with th- this whole situation. Uh, Batman leaves him dangling upside down for the goons to deal with. This wasn't the work of Thorn. No, is, is basically no. what Batman determines no. in this brief interaction. Once again, it's our fourth episode with Thorn in it, I think. It is. He's, of, I think, like 11 in the series. 11 yeah, or 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot. He's in a lot. He's in a lot. He's in, a lot. He's in like, as much as the Joker. Yeah. Which yeah. is pretty wild. Yeah. Joker's uh, wild. <laughs> he is. Uh, back at the harbor station, Montoya informs Gordon that there's still no sign of Conway, and Gordon tells her he'll meet her back at headquarters. Batman sneaks up on Gordon to tell him about Bullock, and then we cut to beneath the docks. So they're kind of continuing this conversation sort of under the boardwalk. Yeah. Under uh, the boardwalk. In a very romantic way. And Batman takes Gordon's hand. They dance lightly. Cheek to sea. cheek. No, I'm kidding. Um, that's right. Uh, Batman suggests that Bullock is responsible for the bomb and Conway's disappearance. But Gordon defends Bullock to the last. Yeah. After Batman goes, he says, For once, my friend, I hope your instincts are wrong. I love that Gordon's on Bullock's side. I mean, he knows Bullock better than anyone, really. He, especially better than Batman. For sure. Well, it's also like, you know, for Bullock to really have been a dirty cop this whole time, it would speak to Gordon being a bad judge of character, but he isn't. Mm-hmm. Gordon's a good judge of character. He wouldn't have kept the guy on the force all these years yeah. if he didn't believe in him as a police officer. So I, I do like that this is consistent. Yeah. Um, it's almost dawn, and Batman checks out the wrecked hull of a ship and finds something. Yeah. It looks like a nail at yeah, first, yeah. or like a shaving of something. Yeah. We're going to find out it's a scale. It's a scale, yeah. In a little bit, but we don't know what it is a yet. A scale for an animal, not like something you weigh things with. Right. <laughs> uh, we get a scene over at the jail. There's sound of water dripping sounds. I'm not sure if this is supposed to be Stonegate again or if this is some other jail. Yeah. Um... There's a sleeping guard. <laughs> this is... Of course. Just of course. A ridiculous scene. Uh, it's so, so weird. There is something posing as Bullock. Yeah. Yeah. He looks it's like... this huge thing wearing Bullock's clothes. He's like... His outfit... I have such a problem with this. One is that it has no face. No. And it has glowing red eyes. Yeah. And he goes, hey, I'm Harvey Bullock. <laughs> I just... I like to think that like maybe... I don't know. What is possible here is that the officer doesn't really know Bullock. Could or be. that he only knows him enough to know that, like, oh, yeah, that's kind of what he looks like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean... And also, where did Croc get Bullock's clothes? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And also, he does a pretty good imp- impersonation. And he does an impeccable Harvey Bullock impersonation. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's like hey, I want to see the guy. Where's the snail? He's looking for Joey the snail. Which is a great gangster name. Great gangster name. Um, <laughs> the guard is skeptical. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He needs to check authorization, so uh, Croc just bashes him against the wall. He knocks him out. Of course. 
and we see gray scaly hands working the keys into the gate and uh, then croc confronts joey snail uh, Killer Croc works fast, unlocking Joey Snail's cell, knocking him out, and dragging him along. He's also going to the Gator Den. <laughs> That's right. Uh, it's now pretty rare because now is like a long daytime stretch yeah. of this episode, which this this series does not do a lot of day stuff. Not a lot of day. Um, it's morning at the cafe. Bullock and Montoya are sitting together. Bullock is you know shoving food into his face as usual. Of course. Uh, both of them are having coffee, and sirens alert them to something outside. Police cars are there. Uh, and then uh, we see that they're actually there for Bullock. Yeah. They're there to arrest Bullock. And then we get this really unflattering picture of Bullock. It's taken, and we find out it ends up as the cover of the Gotham Times. Of course. We get one of our famous newspaper transitions. The headline, Detective Harvey Bullock Arrested, Suspected of Abducting Joey the Snail. Huh. Uh, poor, poor Harvey. And we find out the person reading this paper is, of course, Batman. He sighs. He's in the Bat Lab. Of course. In the Bat Cave. Uh, looking under a microscope at the strange object. It's a, a scale. Alfred is the one that actually refers to it as a scale. Yeah. Uh, Batman's confused because it seems to be both human and reptilian in nature. And then, this is such a silly line, <laughs> but I thought it was cute. Alfred makes this offhanded comment about Bruce not letting his French onion soup get cold or he's going to have to put it in the microwavable crock pot. And then there's like, what did you say? Did you say crock? Alfred, you're beautiful, is what he says. And Which that's, is something that's, that's the Eureka moment. Yeah, Alfred, you're beautiful. Uh, Which is just Alfred's cooking to the rescue again. Once again, soup. Chicken soup part two. Soup just saves it, saves everything. And then he's got like some great quip about like, oh, wait till he hears about the salad or something <laughs> like that. It's very fun. <laughs> uh, we get a. This is this is the scene that should have been cut. Yes, we have a very brief cut. I don't even know if anyone's just watched the episode. I, you must have laughed. There's a very brief cut. It's a rainy day at Ocean World. Yeah. Which is basically SeaWorld at Gotham City, I guess. Yeah. And there's a recreation of a crocodile's natural habitat. And the guide says crocodiles make their layers in underground caves. And Bruce Wayne is there and he says out loud, of course. <laughs> and he should, have, he, he should have terrified everyone around him. Imagine if you Mike, why is this scene included? Why I, did he actually have to go there? He had a computer. I know. I don't know. I think it's... um. Maybe they just... Why I, does he go to Ocean World? I have no idea. I have no idea where this is It's not is like Croc was hanging out in Ocean World. This would be like the richest... This would be like Jeffrey Bezos <laughs> at the Bronx Zoo going, of course, randomly during right. during an exhibit. Well, this was also to me like... It was kind of like a family guy cutaway. Yeah. I was like, what are you doing? Oh, yeah. That's how you get crocodiles. Of it's course. Like, you don't research anything by going to Ocean World. No, but Batman does go to the zoo. Right. Well, he's been to the zoo. He's been to the zoo. We were at the zoo in another on other wings. Yeah, he went to the bat house. That's right. Which looked like a tit. Yeah, that's right. I remember the tit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, don't remember the just, house. This is a totally bizarre scene. Um, it's ridiculous. Okay. Now, again, Mike, we're fully in daytime. And we're at the climax of the episode. Yes. So it's bizarre that it's broad daylight. Yeah. Uh, the bat boat speeds out across Gotham Harbor. And this is this is the moment. It's bat sub, baby. Becomes the bat sub. Uh, oh, the toys! I had the bat. I had the bat boat from Batman Returns. Did the bat boat toy become the bat sub? I didn't have that bat sub. I didn't have that bat boat. Was there a toy that did this? Maybe. I'd have to look it up. I don't remember. I know that I had the Batmobile. I had the '89. I Batmobile. never had the bat sub. I never had the bat boat. I never had that toy. I had the bat. I had the bat wing. I had the bat. I had the bat. I. But I had the bat wing from the movie. The '89. I had, yeah, I had the '89 bat wing from the movie. I had the '89 Batmobile. I had the Batman Returns Batmobile that would turn into the Bat Missile. Okay, and right. And I had the 
the Batman Returns Batboat. I didn't have the Batman the Animated Series Batboat, but I had multiple Wayne Manors. Okay. I didn't have that stuff. I didn't have Wayne Manor. You had some better toys than me. I'm very jealous. Sorry. That's okay. Um, <laughs> I'll buy it for myself now. On eBay um, for a million dollars. On eBay million for a million dollars. dollars. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Batman takes the bat sub down, and then there's like a almost like a tunnel-shaped opening in the rocks down at the bottom of Gotham Harbor here. Yeah. yeah. So Batman gets out. He swims. He's wearing like a rebreather. He swims through the tunnel, and he comes out in that underground cave that we saw before, and he sees being held captive is uh, Spider Conway and Joey Snail, who yeah. are begging to be set free. There's no telling what he'll do. And then there's this gurgling noise Oh yeah. as Batman tries to free the two men, and then this finally, this is almost the end of the episode, Killer Croc finally appears. Yeah. Um, he's scary as fuck. Yep. He's huge. Yep. He has like a deformed jaw, huge yeah. teeth. Uh, he's covered in gray scales. He's got like a just a weird looking head. Yeah. He's a monster. Yeah. He's a big monster. With blue jeans. With oh well, yeah. What pants is he wearing? He's he, doing like another Kirk Langstrom. Here. I don't know. Maybe I, I, they might be jeans, but also at the same time he was a wrestler, so they might. He's wearing be, pants. Maybe they it could might, be like stretchy pants. Maybe, maybe stretchy wrestler pants. Maybe. I'm not sure. One of those things. He's also on the free show. So yeah, they're they're there. Croc growls and attacks. We see right away he's just a physically intimidating force. Batman has a really hard time with him. Yep. And <laughs> he's got this ridiculous line. He says something like, "Being a reptile man ain't pretty, but it's got its upsides." And I hear the voice, and I'm yeah. like, "Oh, it's like a Clayface yeah, voice. It's yeah. almost a Ron Perlman yeah, yeah, performance. Yeah. It's yeah. not this actor." Looking in our dossier here. This actor's name is Aaron Kincaid. Not an actor I'm that familiar with, though he has a very pretty headshot. Uh, it's true. Um, yeah, it's a very Ron Perlman-esque performance. Yeah. A basically like charismatic tough guy. Yeah. Basically. Uh, so not as much personality as I wanted. Not the voice I wanted from Killer Croc. No, no. What are you expecting from Killer Croc? I think I wanted something more monstrous yeah. and less human. He's kind of thuggy. His voice He's is very kind of thuggy. thuggy. You're yeah. right. And it sounds a little unintelligent. Yeah. Not in like... Not in an insulting way, but I'm like, oh, you could have done more with this voice. Yeah. I wanted something. I think a, a great vocal performance could have made this character something more. I think so. Instead, this feels a little generic, a little too much like, oh, he's a goon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Um, so, yeah, Batman does manage to fight back. Um, he's doing actually better than you think. And I wonder if, like, his time spent with the Sewer King fighting his crocodiles and gators or whatever. All right. Jeez. Who this episode does feel a little bit like a better underdwellers. Yes, it's a better underdwellers. Well, they're you know they're under the earth again. Right. Well, it's more sewers and there's and more, more reptiles. And well, not more reptiles, but one more prominent reptile. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, Killer Croc very nearly drowns Batman. There's a commercial break. Um, <laughs> Croc has this terrible line. You know, they used to call Killer Croc the meanest dude in the wrestling federation. Now they'll call him the guy who iced the Batman. Yeah, yeah. Just very goon dialogue. Yeah. A little charismatic, but very goon. Yeah. Um, Batman uses a bolus, or is it bola? Bolas? Bolas. bolas the, yeah. the cables. Yeah, yeah, bola. Bola. Ebola. Ebola. Oh, he uses no. the virus. Oh, man. He kills him crocodile Ebola. <laughs> he uses the cables on Croc. Uh, Snail and Conway dive into the water. They're also wearing rebreathers. I missed the moment where Batman must have given them to yeah, those guys. Yeah, he must guys. have cl uh, clipped them on. Uh, but I, I didn't see that in multiple watch-throughs. Um, they swim through the cave. Batman's helping them. Croc eventually frees himself and pushes, uh, pursues them. 
Um, I guess they don't catch them because Batman does make it back to the Batcave with those guys. Yeah. Um, Batman does his research on Killer Croc and he shares his findings with Alfred. And uh, the we get the origin of this character on microfiche. And what I thought as the viewer was they changed almost nothing from his comic book origin. No. They really kind of kept it all yeah. Yeah. and kind of put it all into this scene. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, uh, we get uh, a headline here, New Wrestling Champ uh, from the Miami Times-Herald four years prior. So it seems Croc was in the carnival, then he moved to pro wrestling, and then he turned to crime. Um, and then I think uh, Batman has the line, he used to be strictly penny ante, so like a small, small-time crook. Um, but eventually, Bullock busted him based on testimony from Conway and Joey the Snail. So there's all the pieces put together. We see why the episode's so, titled Vendetta and what his relationship is with Harvey Bullock. So uh, a couple of interesting things here yeah. uh, that people might not realize. And I believe our friend, our good friend, friend of the show, Chris D'Amato, could clarify some of this stuff. Um, wrestling, I think, started out. Pro wrestling, I think, started out as part of like circus side shows. Oh, it started stuff. in carnivals. I think so. Okay. I think so. Now, uh, if Chris, if you're listening to this episode, please reach out to us and let us know so that we can clarify this. But I think the thing was, it was always a work. Like there would be one guy in there who would always be like the toughest guy and he'd be beating everyone. And yeah. this was before people knew that wrestling was fixed and, um, or, you know, it was scripted. And then like the promoter would come out and be like, I can find the toughest guy. And they would have a plant and he would come out and he would win and people would go berserk. He would beat the champ, right? Mm. So I think that was something they used to do at circus side shows, carnivals, stuff like that. Because okay, so this is right in the pocket for uh, Brock, yeah. State fairs, things like yeah. that. Now, this is even funnier because they say that, you know, he was uh, he was a four-time champion and all that stuff. So this is 92, right? 92, maybe 93 at this point. Yeah. The United States versus Vince McMahon doesn't happen until 1994. Okay. So that's when the steroid scandal with Hulk Hogan comes out. And that's when the world realizes and learns for real that wrestling is not sport in the sense that it's I don't, sports entertainment. That it's there yeah, there's an entertainment angle, it's yeah. scripted, right. it's all that, which is I think how they got it, I think, and people wrestling fans can clarify this for me, because I might be one hundred percent wrong on this. So any any of our listeners who are fans of wrestling, I know there are folks of you out there, but I think they end up ruling with the United States versus Vince McMahon was that steroids were at least he he couldn't get in too much trouble because it wasn't actually competitive. Right. Well, this is where they basically say wrestling isn't technically a sport. It, well, it's not a sport in the sense that it's two people competing against each other, um, and that you know the winner is actually the winner. You know what I mean? It's not like right. This well, is where it comes more, out. It's more theater. It's more it's theater. Athletic theater. And they're incredibly athletic people. Yeah. And I never want to. I never. No, wanna... no, no. They're, uh, the talent and the skill required is is enormous, but it's not. Uh, it's not sports the way you we usually think of sports. Exactly. But if you look at Killer Croc as a four-time champion, us would be like, oh, yeah, well, it's wrestling, so it's scripted, so they had him in the storyline. But in this day and age, people didn't know that yet. Right. Or at least it was heavily assumed, but not 100% confirmed, from my understanding of when that court case happened. That was just a little sidebar. Right. <laughs> Hopefully, Killer Croc did not eat any of his opponents. I hope he did. Actually, I hope he did, too. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Batman makes the connections here. Um, he also knows that Killer Croc is not going to return to that same lair now that he's been found out. He has to find a way to lure Killer Croc out in the open. Now, of course, he realizes that Croc is the one who is against uh, Bullock. He's out for yeah. Bullock. Yeah. So he needs to find a way to use Bullock as bait. So we uh, uh, cut to the steps of GCPD headquarters. Bullock doesn't want to answer any of the questions from the press. He makes right for his car. 
and Killer Croc gets there at the same time as him. Yeah. It's pretty scary. And Bullock is flabbergasted. Uh, how did you escape? Um, Croc gets into the uh, car with Bullock, tells him to drive. Um, and uh, Bullock, yeah, he's asking how he escaped. And, and then Croc says, you know, the, the guards don't think about the sewers. Ew. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah no one yeah. does. Yeah, no, no. Um, Bullock says, it was you who set me up for Spider and Joey. And Croc details his revenge. He gets like a little villain monologue here. And then he kind of gets really creepy. He starts to like caress Bullock's cheek. Yeah, it's a little weird. He's like, I wanted you to feel what I felt. Um, and as he's caressing his cheek, Batman grabs his yeah, wrist from yeah, the back seat. Yeah. There's a scuffle. Bullock has to like so, do some expert driving, dodging through traffic. The fucking car crashes into a street lamp. So I just imagine this. Imagine Batman fighting Killer Croc in the back of your car. Yeah. That's 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 yeah. ridiculous. Well, the fight doesn't last long because the no, car crashes. The car crashes, but still, Batman is fighting Batman, who's gigantic, is fighting Killer Croc, who's bigger, and Harvey Bullock, who's right. a pretty big guy. Right. His car. Right. Um, Croc, of course, makes a break for it. Um, Batman checks to see Bullock's okay. He is, though he's passed out. And now we get our sewer fight. Yeah. This would have been the cover of the comic. You book. need the sewer fight. Right. If you don't have the sewer fight, I don't want to read it. Yeah. So uh, Croc pops the nearest sewer grate, jumps down. Batman jumps down after him. Uh. And then we have, I think it's like the best looking sequence in this yeah. episode. It's yeah. really cool. They do the sewers really well. Yeah. So a lot of really interesting lighting. We have some stuff with um, like like a lot of good reflections of light in different puddles and things like that. Uh, Batman is speaking to Croc, uh, even though he can't see him. He's accusing him of planting the toothpick, uh, toothpick of impersonating Bullock. And uh, as Batman stalks through the sewers, uh, you know, Croc is calling back to him from the dark, and Batman can't quite figure out where he is. Um, after a bad pun about going with the flow, uh, Croc uh, screws open a valve and unleashes, like, brown sewage yeah, water at Batman. It's disgusting. Um, and Croc actually makes a reference to the Batcave here, saying, yeah. like, oh, the sewers ain't no Batcave. And I was like, do the supervillains know about the Batcave? Yeah, I don't know, unless I I have no idea. I have no idea. Or was he making more of, like, a vague general reference that bats live in caves? It could like be Like Batcave lowercase. Yeah, it could be. I don't know. Um, Not the Batcave, a Batcave. Yeah, right. So this is how Batman's going to get the upper hand on Croc, who is stronger and bigger than he is. Um, he basically puts on Bat vision like yeah. his eyes turn red you know, allowing him to like ignore bright light yes yeah what i think is cool about it um about the the bat vision look is that it kind of reminds me of uh thomas wayne batman yes who has the red who has the red eyes the red batman eyes right which i, I like and that's way after this i gather yeah right? that's flashpoint there's so. also there's a later episode of this series i think the episode blind as a bat yeah. i think is what it's called it's where yeah. batman loses his eyesight he yeah. has to basically plug in vision for himself yeah. he has red eyes it yeah. looks really cool it does look cool um but it reminded me of that as well yeah so uh batman basically throws up a it's like a flashbang or something yeah. like that it's like a um not a grenade but it's like a something that creates a really bright light like down the sewers daylight. right yeah he casts daylight <laughs> um and Croc can't handle it. He can't yeah, handle the he sudden the bright sewers. light. Yeah, so he dives underwater. Batman's vision is, of course, unaffected. And this is going to be the thing that turns it's the like tide Ruby Quartz glasses. Right. <laughs> right. Thank you, Cyclops. Um, Croc is still incredibly strong, and he's tackling him underwater. But Batman uses his grappling gun to shoot Croc back up into the light, pinning him to a wall. 
Croc is so strong that he pries himself free, but he causes a collapse of the entire sewer system that they're in. So the fight is actually shorter than you think it is. Yeah. Which is good, and it shows that Batman is smart. Yeah. Batman can't have a long fight with Killer Croc. No, because Killer Croc He needs to end this fight quickly. Yeah. Because Killer Croc will kill him. And eat him. Hopefully. And eat him. Hopefully. Um, Like, if Batman's dying in that fight, I want to see him eaten. (laughs) Right. Um, And then we get a a pretty quick wrap-up here. Um, the sewer grate opens up top on an empty, quiet street. Batman climbs his way up, seeing Bullock with a gun. Yeah. How Bullock must have dreamed of this moment. Yeah. He could just shoot Batman right yep. here, yep. getting out of the sewer. This is kind of the moment of the episode. Definitely. Because these two have been adversaries for a long time, mm-hmm. and you think if Bullock really hates him, you could just shoot him now. You yeah. have Batman totally vulnerable yeah. coming up out of the sewer. But the gun is not for Batman. No. All right, Batman comes the rest of the way up. He pulls Killer Croc up with him, which, I mean, Batman's fucking strong. This guy looks like he weighs a ton. And he's dead weight right now. He's dead weight. Um, And, uh, yeah, Batman lays out the unconscious Croc. Bullock says, why? Why'd you stick out your neck out like that to help me? Batman admits he was wrong. Yeah. We may have different ways of enforcing the law, but we both believe in it. And Batman disappears when Bullock kind of waves him off and tells him that he'll take it from here. He's looking at the unconscious Bullock, and he, he, sorry, uh, Bullock is looking at the unconscious Killer Croc and kind of like contemplating his interaction with Batman. He's like, not a bad piece of work. <laughs> Which makes you believe like, okay, I think Bullock feels the same way about Batman yeah. deep down. Yeah. That it's kind of a bluff that he yeah. doesn't like him. Yeah. Um, this is the closest thing to a compliment that yep. Bullock will ever give Batman. Yep. Our final scene, the city courthouse steps. We get Summer Gleason is there with a cameraman confronting Bullock. Uh, she asks him how he feels now that he's been cleared of all charges. Very good. And now that Killer Croc Morgan yeah. has been arrested. Uh, and Bullock says, I just want all the scum buckets and dirt bags in this town to know that they better lay low because Bullock is back and ready to kick butt. <laughs> <laughs> and Batman's sitting at the back computer and just kind of giving his trademark little smirk from the back yeah, cave. Yeah. And that is the episode. It's, it's a good episode. It's a man. good episode. Uh Mike, your closing thoughts, just anything here. Just think it's a great a great way to introduce Killer Croc. I think it's a great fun episode. It's a great episode to give us a little bit more of Harvey Bullock, who's a character we've only kind of seen as a kind of an oaf throughout this series. Yes. So it's really nice to see him uh kind of shine here. Um, and establish himself as just a good character. Um, I really like it. I really like it. Yeah, I like it as well. I like that both halves of the episode work. Yep. Because the first half of the episode is this kind of pulpy, noir detective story. Mm -hmm. Like, follow the trail, see where it goes, who's the one that's corrupt. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. (laughs) We are poets today. Um, And the second half of the episode, which is the freak show, which is Killer Croc, also works well. Hey, freak show! Uh, so I think as an intro to a character, it's a really good episode, and I think it's an effective episode. I like, think so. I, I like it a lot. A lot. Um, yeah. And yeah, while this is our official intro to Killer Croc, there is a suspected first appearance back in um, Be a Clown. Yeah. The first time we went to Amusement Mile, you see what could be a cutout for Killer Croc, I yes. think, a standee yeah. uh, in Amusement Mile, but that's never confirmed. Yes. It just seems like it could have been him. Knowing his carnival origins, it might have been. Yes. But we don't know that for yeah. sure. Uh, this is certainly the first time he's actually involved in the series. I just wanted to mention that before I, I forget. Um, where would you rank this episode? You know, I was surprised when watching it. Because um, I was like, okay, yeah, Killer Croc. We'll see how this goes. Yeah. And I was surprised. I turn it on. I'm watching it. I'm like, this is this is way better than I anticipated. Yeah. Um, it's, a good, it's a good monster episode. 
right? Yeah. Of the episodes we've watched so far, it's 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 a, uh, you know. On Leather Wings, Vendetta, Feet of Clay 1 and 2. Great, like, horror monster episodes. It's like it's like Batman the Animated Series is so versatile. Yeah. That it's got, like, it's got your horror episodes. This one's, like, horror and noir, but it's got your noir episodes. It's got your action episodes. It's got everything. It's got right, so right. much going for it. Um, so uh, I would say it's among the best of these kind of, like, horror-themed monster episodes, uh, at least with Killer Croc. And I think it's it's better than a lot of the episodes we've watched. It's good. Uh, I do like the episode. I have a hard time with it because, uh, and this is not against it. I'm still saying the episode is good. But like, if I'm looking at the first half of the episode, I'm like, all right, is the noir detective stuff better than like a POV? Yeah. It's not. It's not. But it's good. Yeah. And is the freak show stuff here better than on Leather Wings? It's not. But it is still good. Yeah. And for me, so this this episode, this kind of an episode would be like a top third or like top of the middle for me. Yeah, this would be. This definitely is like. It's also not the best Killer Croc episode. No, it's the best of the of the middle of the pack. I think well, right. of the best of the middle of the pack. So yeah, yeah, top third is a really good spot for it. Yeah, you know, I could see this in as you know 30, 31, like ranked in there. Oh wow, that's that's still well, high that, though. That yeah. would be top third. No, you're right. That's still high, but it's yeah, pretty good. Yeah, um, I do like it. I agree. Um, yeah. All right. Well, that's it. Yeah, uh, it's great. I, I, very good episode. Um, so actually, we, we have another great episode coming up next week. We got we we're in a, a good really, run now. We had a really good stride. You know, f- after after we finished with when um, Cat and the Claw was finally done. Cat and the Claw wrapped, <laughs> and we had See No Evil, Beware the Great Ghost. Oh, uh, Prophecy of Doom is bad. That's a bad. Episode. Oh, is that the name of it? Prophecy of Doom. Prophecy of Doom. Yeah, is Prophecy bad. of Doom is bad. It's a bad. Episode. Aside from Prophecy of Doom, if we didn't have that episode. Episodes like. 18 through 24 right now. 25, too, because 25 is good, too. Yeah, Clock yeah. King. Right. Um, we're hitting a really good stride. We're in a good run. Excellent episodes right now. Yeah. So we're living it up, man. Yeah. So, yeah. So next week, we're taking on... We're going... We're revisiting the Scarecrow. Yes. Or I should say, he's re- he's revisiting us. Yes! In fear of victory. Yeah. Mike will be taking us through that yes, next week. So please tune in. Uh, all right. That's it. Thank you for joining us. This was the Batman-tasticast from Mike Staub. I'm Jordan Hugh. Thank you, and see you next time. Same bat time, same bat channel. And thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Batman Tasticast. If you want to continue to support the show, please go to the podcatcher of your choosing and give a like or a subscribe or leave a comment or all the above. Also, you can share it with your friends on social media. You can find us on social media at Batman Tasticast pretty much across the board. Or you can reach out to us individually and send us ideas, things you want to see in the future, little tidbits of information, some trivia, all that types of stuff. Jordan and I are very contactable. So once again, thank you, and we'll see you next time.